0: Driving it home
1: with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vazquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to
0: wear masks, says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses, says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez.
2: Hello, hello, and we are broadcasting live from Tata's Kitchen and Social at 5700 West Irving Park Road. I'm trying to get the Facebook Live going. I'm having a little bit of uh, connectivity issues here. Uh, I'm trying to use my phone as the hotspot, and I'll try to see throughout the show if we can get that up and running, because coming up in a little bit, I would love to introduce you to the owner of Tata's Kitchen and Social and all the Tata's Taco locations in the Chicagoland area, Marcy's going to join me in just a little bit uh, of course, uh, so much going on in the news again today uh, the release of, of Brittany in uh, from Russia, and of course the uh, fallout from that the uh, the pearl clutching I guess as they like to accuse uh, people who are you know trying to have a, a debate about something uh, this is not uh, this is a good thing in one sense I have concerns as to what the exchange took. For those who are screaming, what about Paul? Why didn't they release him? And here's the thing: for folks who are demanding that, were you demanding that in 2018 and 2019 when there was another president in office, or is this just something that makes you angry because a gay black woman was released? Just want you to check yourself uh, on that outrage. So uh, I hope that uh, everyone has is uh, uh, having a lovely day. I am. Um, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit uh, all over the place. Uh, It is the holiday season, which uh, for many people can take its toll. And I realized yesterday that I think uh, I kind of hit a wall trying to do everything. Uh, It's a lot that's been going on this year. And as we head to the end of the year, uh, you know, you start thinking about um, what we've accomplished, what we want to do with our lives, uh, what has happened in the last year, and uh, I tell my husband often, I'm like, I do not like this timeline uh, as far as uh, what our lives have been like, especially uh, in the last eight months, um, so I made a post yesterday, and I kind of, I, I, I would like to normalize telling people, look, I, right now, I'm, I'm battling a lot of emotion, emotional stress and anxiety and grief, in the same way, we, we will post updates about our health. And so I will be very honest. Uh, and I think you guys know that I, I kind of get a little bit um, m- emotional about things that are going on, whether it's in my life or what's going on in the world. And uh, this has been a particularly hard year for me, for my family. And uh, I just uh, kind of hit a wall yesterday. I am okay. And one of the reasons I put that out there was again to normalize it, to uh, to let people know, like, look, sometimes you go through a rough patch, um, and and I, I in particular want to wanted to put that out there because I am struggling a little bit with also getting back to people when it comes to emails and phone calls and texts. Uh, there's a lot. I've even lost a little bit of work. So if John Harris is listening, I apologize. I realize now I hadn't seen the emails that you sent. Um, so I hope you'll uh, forgive me. And and then. And that compounds some of the anxiety is, uh, you know, that some people are are getting their their feathers ruffled because they haven't been, um, haven't gotten a response. Some people are incredibly gracious when you reach out. Yesterday I reached out to a friend who had been messaging me over the last few weeks and I said, hey, I know it's been a while and uh, I want to thank you for having patience with me uh, because I just, it's been a lot lately. And so uh, I, I want to thank everyone that sent very kind words and messages last night uh, in the same way that I can't get to every text. Please don't think that my that, that no response is a negative thing. Uh, I know that there's that idea like no response is your answer. Uh, I don't think that's true for everybody. Sometimes we get overwhelmed. And then there's another layer of anxiety and being overwhelmed when you think about all the people that you have to apologize for that you haven't been able to respond to. Um, And and I think one of the big things is that folks have been asking me about my son, Declan, uh, and that has weighed on me very heavily, and my husband, and my mom, and my son, Griffin. It's been a very hard year. Uh, Declan, for those of you who uh, haven't been following part of our story, Declan spontaneously lost the ability to walk in May. And when Declan was born... Uh, We were in an entirely scary place. We didn't know, one, if he was going to survive. Uh, We didn't know what his quality of life was going to be. He was born missing a part of his brain. And of the many things that they told us, they said he might never walk, he might never talk, he might never surpass the intellectual ability of a two year old and Griff and Declan you know beat many of those odds. one, he survived, so everything since then has truly been bonus round. This beautiful boy has brought so much into our lives um, and has made me fight hard for families, has made me and my husband uh, take a step back and, and realize how how wonderful life can be in a different way. Um, through the eyes of a child who cannot talk who is uh, challenged in the sense that the world isn't made for kids like Declan or for people like Declan? There's expectations, and you know, uh, a 17 year old who is um, you know who ha- who doesn't want to match shapes or uh, spell things out or or can't do those things, uh, that's chaos to people. Uh, but for Declan, Declan loves different things. He loves music and playing in the water and cuddling and looking out the window and watching the leaves uh, rustle in the wind. So, you know, we have been on that path, and a big part of that has been that he could walk. And man, could that kid walk. I mean, forever. I used to do videos called What Declan Sees. And I started doing them off on, like, the Periscope when you could go live on Twitter. And I uh, started doing them on Facebook Live. And I would do photos because Declan just loves exploring the world, what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like. And that was such a big part of our lives. And so when he spontaneously lost the ability to, uh, to walk in May, um, it really was crushing for us. And obviously it was crushing for him. Um and we went through so many tests. Uh, we went to Lurie's Hospital. We were there for a week. We were at uh, Shirley Ryan for eight weeks. And we worked, this kid worked so hard. He was doing 25 hours of physical therapy a week. And he was getting to the point where he was able to um, to stand a little bit on his own. And then they sent us home. And part of the reason I have not been able to do Facebook Live videos or give more specific updates is that we went from eight weeks of care, of round the clock Nurses helping with his with his meal times, with his with his diapers. Declan does not go to the bathroom; he does not use a toilet. He is in diapers, and so that was a whole team of people helping me with a child who could not stand up or move the way he used to. When I would change him on my own, and Steve on his own, and, and his caregivers at school. Um, so we went from twenty-four hour round-the-clock care uh, and the safety of being in the hospital, and uh, and and also the consistency of therapy. So since August 18th, when Declan came home, we have lost a lot of ground. And that has been very hard for me to say out loud. Uh, It's very hard for me to uh, catalog and share that with everybody. Um, he is struggling to walk again, and uh, we are still going through therapy. They're going to try new new uh, approaches uh, starting in the next few weeks. Um, he, the good news is, is that he has the mechanics of what it takes to walk. He has everything is there except for the flexibility, the strength to get things done. So I really uh, I want to appreciate everybody's everybody's time and uh, uh, and their uh, attention and their care their wonderful words that you've been sharing with me, um, but that's where we are. Uh, is that Declan is um, it does not move as much as he used to. It is very hard to care for a seventeen year old who uh, is essentially uh, unable to uh, help when we are changing him, and that's causing a lot of other health issues for him. And it's exhausting, folks. Uh, if you know anybody in your life that is uh, caring for someone, give them a lot of space. Give them a lot of grace and, uh, and and understand that they are going through a lot and most likely doing the absolute best that they can. So I, I just want the folks to know that that is what I was... Uh, I was talking about when I said I, i'm dealing with a lot of stress, anxiety, and of course grief. Um, five weeks ago, my, one of my best friends uh, passed away, and uh, he was a rock. My poor husband has had to pretty much pick up the slack because uh, there was barely a day that would go by that I wouldn 't uh, call and talk to Tom and, and vent and uh, and touch base with him and and it was support I was supported by him. And, uh, I, it is a, a, massive, uh, valley of, uh, darkness there. And so I, I, I deal with that a lot every day too so I just want to thank everyone and uh, I, I didn't mean to start the show off but I've been getting a lot of messages even when I came into Tata's Marcy came up to me and gave me a hug uh, so I, again part of it is that that's what's happening that's part of it uh, the holidays just so you know are always very hard on my family it is also when I was when I was seven year, seven years old that we got the phone call that uh, that my brother had been discovered in uh, John Wayne Gacy's basement in his crawl space so there's a lot of layers to the Uh, the heartbreak and the trauma that I go through um, and and the smiles that you see are genuine I am not faking that but it is also my coping mechanism the Uh, But I I have um, sort of withdrawn a little bit from circles I don't spend as much time with friends as I would have liked to. So I would want to say to anybody who is going through a tough time, whether it's because of the holidays or or financial situation or health, um, it is okay to not be okay, and it is okay to say it. It is okay to say, hey, I'm going through a rough patch. I'm going to need a little bit. I need a little bit of time and space and grace, and that's what I just want to share with you. Uh, I'll take your calls in just a moment. Uh, thank you, everybody. More um, after this on Driving at Home with me, Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are broadcasting live from Tata's Kitchen and Social on Irving Park Road, and you're hearing us live on the Heartland Signal, WCPT
3: 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT eight twenty.
2: Thank you so much for joining us, and I know that we've got some f- some phone calls on the line. I uh, again, I apologize. Thank you, Eddie, who texted me. That was very sweet, and I and I appreciate your warm wishes and prayers. Uh, let's take Dave from Hoffman Estates first. Hey, Dave, what's going on? Hey,
1: Patty. And, um, hey. we, we love you, you know, and it's, thank like you So you've always amazed me with the, the way you've been able to burn the candle at both ends, you know. It, well, it can, some, sometimes you run, run out of wax, right? <laughs> Eventually, but I've seen one where they've got yeah. a candle that you can recycle the wax down through it and keep going. Yeah, <laughs> <But> <laughs> that's
2: anyway. what I'm doing. I am burning on recycled wax. It's a good way to put it. Well, that's what we're <laughs> hoping Dave. that
1: we do, that you can kind of decompress and that and, uh. With us, it's nothing else, you know. But you need some time for yourself too, you know. You and you and your husband too. Thank so, you. Anyway, um, another thing we forgot yesterday—I did—we you know, we got it was 81 years ago yesterday with Pearl Harbor, and you know that uh, what happened that led us into war. And there's only so many few survivors of that anymore, you know. And they went through. But um I go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Okay. What I was gonna talk about was that um the story about that uh storage unit, you know, where they found a couple yeah. of classified documents and uh, and the swords and wrestling belts and everything that he He never reported. And like just thinking that um that would have been a great season ending show of a storage wars. <laughs> you know, that uh so, yeah, you know, where the Republicans, you know, they should sure put up a sink one time when the Clintons kept a couple of items, minor items. And Yeah, right. Like oh, this, it's a good thing they found this before Trump quit paying rent on this unit and then, <laughs> then it's right? It, that's a good point. It's getting sold to the highest bidder, you know? And then,
2: <laughs> But I would. I'm kidding, that's terrible, know. it's treason. But that's the thing, is that it's treason. <laughs> you right. know?
1: And, uh, yeah. and then they said, too, that that uh, those lawyers, too, the, a judge had threatened them to uh, disbar them, you know? So another reason. Right. Did that. Good. But, uh, but yeah, that, like you say, it's treason. And I don't understand. Like, you got stories like this, I an audience, you got another 14 years tacked on for doing the same stuff that Trump did. and And then Michael Cohen went to prison, you know, for him. And this guy, he still should be. Getting back to like I sitting in the jugs and then they can keep tacking on. <laughs> I do not understand. Right. You know? You know, they treat, you know, I don't know what kind of Rasputin like grip he's got on him, but they treat him like, you know, um Lord Fontainebleau right there, this guy. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. So, I don't and, know. Before you get off, um, like what we were talking last night about with that power outage, I was surprised. Why didn't that governor not call out the national guard over there? Really, I know that's insane. You know, because uh, they like you know, I I told you before I did did that job at generators. They would have been able to, but I still think them hospital generators if they're not diesel, they're hooked up to the natural gas, and they'd be in I cannot see a major hospital. You know, not being able to keep up power. You know, for some of it. So I don't know. I know. I
2: agree. But, well, but I mean, let me, let we're let me talking about an area that is. Well, we're talking about an area that is perhaps more rural. You know, and and a lot of you know people take for granted that something like that's not going to happen. So you don't have maybe the infrastructure built in.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, but I always thought they always planned for these kind of emergencies. You know, like what do they do in a hurricane? You would think. You know. Yeah. Good point. Okay, now, up well, there, now,
2: right? now they know they should prepare.
1: Yeah, but I just think the uh, governor let them down a little bit there on that one. But oh, 100%. percent 20, 20 twenty twenty hindsight. But listen, let me get off so you can get to the others and that, but uh, uh, cheer up there. We'll try to cheer you up a little <laughs> bit
2: there. Yeah, it's not that simple, but there's a, there's a lot of different uh-huh. moving parts. Thank you so much, Dave. Take care. Believe me, I know. You will. <laughs> right, you know. Thanks so much. Thanks. Uh, let's get to uh, let's get to Brian from Joliet. Hello, Patty.
3: Hey, uh, hi, Patty. It makes me sad to hear you sad, and I hope things get better for you. Um, oh, it's very kind. The reason I'm calling is uh, uh, today is uh, day uh, in 1980, uh, the date uh, we lost uh, John Lennon. Uh, perhaps you know that, and a uh, 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 great. Uh, uh, music, but uh, he stood for uh, anti-war, civil. He was for civil rights and for feminism, and I think uh, he should be remembered uh, for that and for his great music and uh, his great 1971 album, Imagine, and uh, three other great albums from 1971. I think people should hear What's Going On, Marvin Gaye pieces of a man gil scott heron and uh sly and the family stones there's a riot going on and uh if i might conclude with just two songs that are relevant also for today uh donovan's uh, as he sings the universal soldier and uh union song by pete singer which side are you on
2: excellent i appreciate that thank you so much brian I will yeah, write those all down. And I, I agree. I'll tell you a funny story. I'll tell you a funny story, Brian. My son bought a Beatles poster for his college dorm room, and he uh, his roommate did not know, he could not name a single Beatle. So just so you know, 18-year-olds uh, perhaps uh, don't necessarily stay <laughs> up to date
3: <laughs> on the music, uh, you know, uh, music. Well, you see, uh, um, some people like me... Uh, uh, I like to to go back, uh, even when I was young. Uh, would like to go back to the earlier music, you see. And I think sure. uh, whether you like the sounds, the lyrics, uh, or what they're talking about, uh, younger people may find should find them just as relevant today as they were back then. See, so sure. uh, I think uh, I think. Uh, 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 younger people, are people who, um, they deny themselves a certain type of wonderful ex- learning experience if they don't at least check out the older stuff. But Oh, I no
2: doubt about it. Hey, I feel that way about movies more so than about music, only because uh, I just grew up with old movies, uh, but... I- That's why I make fun of my friend Paul Farvar because he'll tease me for not knowing a lot of music and then I'll sit there and he doesn't know who Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire and Jimmy Stewart and Jimmy Cagney and Robert Mitchum and yeah, he doesn't know any of those people are. So So you get what you get, right?
3: Well, Patty, I certainly hope uh, things are, especially uh, uh, in relation uh, to your son, uh, my thoughts and prayers
2: are with him. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. holidays. (laughs) Thank you. Take care. Let's get to uh, John from, uh, thank you. Bye, Brian. John from Hammond. What's going on, Brian? Uh, John?
5: Hi, Patty. Hey, I just wanted to, uh, first of all, just say uh, my thoughts and prayers are with you and your family. That was very moving, very touching. I understand, uh, maybe not to the degree that you're going through, but uh, I, you know, like many of us, have taken, taken care of loved ones. And it's really tough during the holidays, man. And uh,
2: yeah, it is.
5: is. You know, hang in there. And you know, one—I uh, mean, this is a kind of a warped way of looking at it, but you know, when you see other people that are less fortunate than you, even though your circumstances may not be that great, it will humble you. And absolutely, and always, you know, it'll humble you. But the question I had for you um, was. Did you or your husband ever uh, look at, I'm an engineer, so, you know, I I do root cause analyses and things like that. I mean, did you ever try to figure out what was the root cause of why your son developed that? Was it an environmental issue? So, so his, uh, his,
2: uh, hold on, hold on one second. So, uh, so he's asking what might've caused uh, my, my son Declan to, um, develop a neurological disorder. So Declan has uh, hypoplasia of the corpus callosum, which means that some of the uh, fibers that connect the left side with the right side of his brain never fully formed. And that affects uh, individuals in in many different ways. Some people you might never even know they have it. It's just sort of a little hiccup in the brain development, which, as you might know, the brain is fully formed by the time you are 20 20 weeks in utero. So basically the uh, blueprint for everything that you, all of your potential is uh, doesn't mean that it won't change along the way in utero, but what you the possibilities of which way all of your organs develop, uh, in particular your brain, because that controls all of your organs, uh, happen in the first twenty weeks. So uh, no, there's never been any. There's you know that could have been a virus uh, when I was pregnant, uh, could have been uh, a cyst that just popped up in between uh, the development of his brain. There's a could be a hundreds of different things that could have caused his uh, malformation
5: okay okay well i i, I appreciate you saying that i just uh sure i mean that's the one the one thing is that nobody or you know people tend to disregard it i i, I you know as a strong environmentalist i do believe that the environment plays a factor on a lot of different levels whether it's your psyche your physical well-being uh your emotional state etc and that's the last thing most people think about is the environment, you know. So that—that's why I just mentioned it, you know. But uh, oh,
2: I—I I, 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 you know, I'll tell you something that I've—I n- rarely, I think, only one person in the world knows this. Uh, when I was pregnant with Declan, and I hate saying this because every once in a while I think about it. One, I did get very sick during the pregnancy. I had a, a very bad uh, stomach virus or food poisoning, so that might have been one thing. The other thing was I broke a mercury-filled uh, light bulb, and uh. Right. They're filled with mercury, right, bro, Bill? They used to be filled with... Or, I broke broke something that looked like... Look at how big your microphone is, Bill. That's really... I don't like to pray. I don't know if we can hear you. Hold on. Let me put this one on. Anyway, I broke a, a light bulb. Not, maybe it wasn't mercury. What, what were the bulbs about uh, uh, 17 mercury. years ago? Yeah, they were mercury. Mercury. So they I've always thought about that, John. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mercury is very toxic. So I, if, if you touch it, uh, it's yeah. definitely very toxic.
2: So... Yes, and that was 18 years ago when I was pregnant with Declan. And believe me, that's look, moms like me, parents like me, but in particular moms, because we carry the babies, never necessarily get over the fact that it might have been something that we did. And and I've gone over a lot of it. So the two things that I know when I was pregnant was when uh, I had this virus and uh, when I broke this light bulb. So that tells you I remember 18 years later when I broke that and I was like, I mean, there's nothing you can do once it's uh, airborne or you touch it. That's it. Anyway, thank you, John. Okay, thank you, Patty. Bye now. It's thank you so much, John. What was that, Bill? It's what you've done since. I can't get your microphone. Hey, I don't think we can. Let me see. I want to make sure you're... Oh, here, try this again. Try again. Hello. Oh, there we go. Hi. You sound fantastic. That's Bill Gorgo joining me at Tata's. We're not on uh, Facebook yet because we had a little bit of connectivity problems, so it kicked us off. I've,
6: I've had a little bit of con- connectivity <laughs> problems in my life, and I know how painful that can be.
2: No, no no, doubt. Let's take a break here. Bill Gorgo joins me at Tata's Kitchen. And so what do you think of this place, by the way, before we go to... So what a lovely space. Isn't Just it great? beautiful. Yeah. This is... I think you're going to like it here, Bill. Everybody, you can join us tonight at Tata's Tacos. We only have a few spaces left. We've uh, sold over 75 tickets for tonight's show. I know, right? And we also, if you are on your way here and you were planning to come anyway and you happen to have any new or gently used coats, please bring them with. And they're also doing a fundraiser on December 21st. We'll tell you more about that. But first, let's take a break and find out about traffic when we come back.
3: The Rick Smith Show, live, weeknights from 8 to 10 p.m.
1: What's amazing is how quickly Joe Biden has brought the world together. The Rick Smith Show on WCPT
3: 820, Chicago's progressive talk.
1: This is WCPT
3: 820, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez in your communities in Chicago on WCPT 820.
2: Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I am broadcasting live from Tata's Kitchen and Social at 5700 West Irving Park Road. And joining me at the venue right now is comedian Bill Gorgo, who I have known my entire career. Yes. (laughs) That's true. And you've seen me put up with a lot of stuff. We've seen each other put up with a lot of stuff. Yes. Yes. Personalities in in show business Uh, and venues. People, I think, don't see you...
6: As being as dangerous as you are, and they see me as being much more dangerous than I am. <laughs> so you tend to get a lot more. St- I'm on the air, so let's yes. just say
2: stuff. Stuff,
6: crap thrown at you di- in people. your direction, then I get thrown at me. Um, I don't. I don't know that I would remain calm and cool and collected if I got a third of what you get. I. I would be. Enraged, enraged, all the time.
2: I, I, I was thinking about this. I'm trying to write new material, and uh, I was thinking about this. Um, let me try some jokes on you, Bill. Sure. If I could just get yeah, to pull out my uh, my notebook. Uh, no, because I, I've, I'm finding it harder and harder when people ask me, uh, "How are you doing?" To give the usual, "I'm good," and, and I and I feel as you're, though I'm, yeah. You're a woman. Just say fine,
6: fine. <laughs> Guys, know that covers everything. Yeah, we don't. Delve any deeper when the answer is fine. Right. Depending
2: on how long it takes you to say it. Fine. 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 The shorter, fine. the worse. Yeah. If the, hard, the harder you hit the I, the Ooh. more deigned Fine. Yeah. Fine. Fi- fine. Fine is different than fine. Yeah. <laughs> fine. I'm fine.
6: Yeah. I think, in many ways, the worst in a long-term relationship is,
2: oh, fine. Oh, oh that is
6: rough. That's trouble about 3 weeks from now.
2: Yeah, that's a lot. But oh, I think but sometimes I do tell people everything and I and I feel like if I do that enough, I'm saving other people from being asked the same question cuz they'll have learned oh, their lesson. I wish
6: that were true.
2: <laughs> cuz uh. I feel like people are just coming for a sip of water and then I open the fire hydrant and they're like they can't get away from the water.
6: See, I do the same thing with people who come up after the show and say Tell me a joke. Oh, no. I tell them no, no, the no, no, worst no. jokes I know.
2: Like Are they like dad jokes? Which, by the way, oh, no. they were just... just y- no, 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 no.
6: Okay. They're the triple layers of disgusting jokes. Oh, really? Just so that they back away. They don't even turn... They back away like toxicity... And and I hope that that means that they're not going
2: to ask the next comment. But I doubt it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think that some people do have a learning curve. Let's see if we can. I'm trying. I'm still trying to get to Facebook Live, by the way, for everybody. But for some reason, uh, I don't know why we're having. Oh, are we live streaming? It says that we are. So I guess I should check on Facebook. Oh, it says that we are. All right. I've got microphones all hooked up, right? Yeah? All right. Maybe they can hear us.
6: i got microphones all over me. So
2: I apologize to folks who are calling in uh, because I've gone to Facebook Live. Uh, We cannot. uh, I'll try to take a few phone calls. And I definitely have to take a phone call because we're giving away a pair of tickets to see John Oliver at the Chicago Theater. I I believe. Let me make sure I've got all the information correct on this. Can I get
6: off so that I'm eligible?
2: (laughs) Do you want to text somebody That's a to have heck them? of a price. do you want to have uh, someone call uh, you want to call somebody and tell them to call for you that 's no. probably the best way oh, to it. for me yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that you can go together um, i I messaged the uh, folks that are giving away the uh, tickets, and I was like uh, do you have a because Griffin's a huge fan you know Griffin never swore uh, uh, in in how do I put this like the first time he used the f bomb was to ask me what it meant. It was very sweet and very polite. Uh, we were on our way to Thanksgiving dinner with the in-laws. So I was re- just in time Yeah, I am saying just in time. Because you know if he had if he had asked at the dinner table, everyone would have looked at me like it was my fault. Of course, Patty's son at 7 years old but, is but asking. Have,
6: but he would have been able to get a wide selection of definitions, <laughs> especially in Chicago where it's
2: you know, sometimes it's a comma. Right. I'm trying to see if we are on Facebook live. Let me see. And part of me wonders, let's do this. Let me, I think I'm going to stop it and then come back to it um, and try to do it that way. So Griffin asked, uh, what does the F word mean? And I said, uh, and I'm Steve and I just uh, sort of looked at each other. and uh, and he As parents will. And uh, he kind of looked at me like, you want to take this one? And I said, "Well, it's a it's a word that adults use when they're frustrated or angry. Um, it is considered vulgar, and you will get in trouble for using it." Thank you so much for asking. Because the trick is to not like overreact, don't you right. think? Like that's a, the the that was always my um, sort of approach was to not make it that big of a deal.
6: You you've reminded me of my the occasion of my one and only attempt to have the talk with my daughter. Okay, how did it go? I was told in no uncertain terms by her mother that this was my responsibility as the dad. So I said, fine. I had been teaching uh, adulthood to high school students for a few years at that time and (laughs) thought I was more than capable. I can do do an impression of a woman's uh, reproductive organs. I'm not proud okay. of that, it, but it's, it's something it's a skill. It's something I can do. Sure. So I sit down, my sit my daughter down and I go, Let me just start out by saying your mom and I want you to have a long, happy, satisfying sex life. And that's as far as I got. Her mother came tearing <laughs> in I said, you, I you, later on I explained, you could have let me said, but we don't want it to start for a few years yet. Right. But you interrupted me mid-sentence, and that was the last of the conversation from from my point of view. Oh, Apparently, no. I was supposed to have pamphlets or something.
2: Oh my God! I uh, hold on a second. I'm trying to test speakers. Switch to phone audio. Audio settings. MacBook. Micro- How about start video? This, yeah, start video. Let's do this. Yeah, it's hey, uh, there. We are. There we are. We're there. But then we need to be here. We're trying to get the Facebook live live on Facebook. Live from Tatas, we'll do all that stuff. Yeah, I, uh, you know, Griffin. So Griffin started the first time he ever, and he used it appropriately because uh, he was about twelve years old. So we had started watching John Oliver when Griffin was eleven or so. And well, there's the time. See, you, isn't that the best feeling on stage? Yes. When you get distracted by something and you don't, and like some comics will ask, "What was I?" I don't think I've ever asked, "Where where was I?" Oh, see, that's totally in my character. <laughs> where was I? <laughs>
6: Some, sometimes I, I hardwire that into the set.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I like to see, like, I'll be in the middle of something and go, like I started somewhere else, where was it? And then I'll, I'll just keep talking and hope that I can swing back to that vine. That's how I, I think of my act.
6: I, the, the thing that young comics don't seem to realize and don't often experience is that, that moment between prepared material... And just talking. Yes. Either they're just talking and they have no prepared material, or they have so much prepared material that they're not talking to the audience. They're right. just reciting. And it takes a long time. Our, our friend Jimmy Wiggins used to say, You act as an aquarium and you're the fish. Right. When you're just on stage, surrounded in your head by all of the funny things
2: you've said over the years,
6: and you have access to them. Right that's the best feeling
2: on earth. Well, and so I, uh, you know Kevin Bozeman, who is an incredibly talented talented comedian. He has, uh, he's booked me to feature, I asked him to book me to feature for him at a couple of gigs. It's very hard, I find, to try to do new material every once in a while and I need to do night after night after because I used to do sometimes nine shows a week at Zanies on Wells. Yeah. So that was how I built my act and then Bozeman started giving me a hard time. He's like, we were working together in Rockford. He goes, you better bring a pen and notebook, Vasquez. And Paul was telling me, Farvar told me yesterday that uh, Kevin was like, you still doing that joke? But there's, there's different philosophies as far as doing, having, as you mentioned, having access to all this, this comedy and material. You know, part of the job is Yes, to be artistic and express ourselves. There's also, I'm sorry, to pay my bills.
3: You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter.
2: Hello, hello. I uh, We had a little bit of a, uh, a technical hiccup. Marcy's going to hang out with us at about 6 o'clock. Hopefully we get all of our tech issues uh, squared away, but are we sold out, Mar- Marcy? We are sold out tonight, so um, I apologize if you were trying to come by tonight, uh, but there's a great event coming up on December 21st. They're going to be doing a coat drive. There, it's a family-friendly friend, friendly Wednesday on December 21st. The fundraiser will be from 6 till 10 o'clock. There's going to be drinks and foods and performances and raffles, so bring some new or gently used coats with you, as well as they're starting a... A uh, diva drag brunch Uh, that's going to be for charity for brunch, cocktails, and entertainment starting on Sunday, December 18th, and uh, that's going to be at 11 o'clock. Uh, with a show starting at noon, and this is 21 and up, and uh, it's going to be amazing. So we're very excited. They're going to have Miss Sassy Trade, Maya Douglas, Vivian uh, Mendez, Mahogany Charlotte, with the legendary hostess Angelique Monroe. So that's starting on December 18th, and uh, we're very excited about that. So I apologize that we uh, lost our connection there. I'm not sure what happened. I've been trying to also um, get our Facebook Live going, so we'll try that as well. Uh, but here, Bill, I was asking you about uh, doing m- new material, so I was out for a walk today because I was trying to clear my head. Um, and you often have writing sessions with, uh, with comedians uh, at all stages of our career. Uh, let me know, first of all, what, what made you decide to start doing uh, writing sessions with comics? Because I think people have started them in different parts of my career along the way.
6: Uh, actually, it's, it's less about developing new material than it is about developing the ability to develop new material. Right. I've always thought of, of comedy writing as uh, as starting with your eyes. If you, if you look at the world like a comedian, you see the potential for jokes. Everything else is editing. Right. So we do do some editing. People will come in and say, I can't get this joke to work, and we'll play with that. But for the most part, It's just the hanging out with comics and other people who are seeing the world out of the the side. Their peripheral vision is where the jokes are. Right. This is the way everyone sees the world. We're trained to see the world this way. The jokes are all over here. And, And so hanging with people for any amount of time who have developed a habit of not ignoring this stuff helps you to develop that muscle, and, and you start noticing this stuff. Right. It's like it's like any other skill, mushroom hunting. First time I went mushroom hunting. I'm sorry, you went mushroom hunting? Mushroom hunting. hunting with so what, my, what
2: kind of a gun do you carry for that? Sorry.
6: A very, very... <laughs> uh, my father-in-law, God rest his soul, was a mushroom hunter, and the first time we went, I couldn't see anything. And he's picking mushrooms all over the place. Because they're kind of, a lot of them, blend in. Yeah. They're like camo mushrooms. Right. You have to know where to look, and you have to know what pattern you're expecting to see. Okay. You've had the experience of looking at a list of names, and yours jumps out. Sure. That's what well, mushroom hunting is like? the same thing. As looking for fun material? It's, okay. It, comedy writing is looking at the world, and the jokes jump out, but you've got to... Develop that skill. You got to practice that skill. Right.
2: I'm trying to look at my my notes for because I, I God only gives. Uh, people often say that to uh, to to uh, parents who have a child with a disability. You know, God only gives a special parents to uh, special children to special parents. And I always hear, "Better you than me," is what. <laughs> but
6: sometimes the you th- ever noticed he only gives rich kids to rich parents. Yeah, I've what is that? that?
2: I've noticed that too. Well, that's a thing too, right? Is it? That's what's going on with like these guys, these uh, televangelists like Joel Osteen, who say that God wants him to be that wealthy. And apparently wants other people to suffer. Like, but the the idea that uh, what is the uh, God only gives you what you can handle. Steve and I were laughing about this. Like, he's got a whole warehouse of misery, and he's got to clear it out. Like, he's just got he's got crates of cancer. <laughs> I, just, we why, have, this poverty's got to move.
6: Whenever I have anything miserable in my life, I make a point of not handling it, so he doesn't get the idea <laughs> that maybe <laughs> I should have more.
2: The exactly. The other day I my
6: mm-hmm. toe. I had to go to bed for
2: three hours. I can't handle it. I can't handle this, Scott. Take... Did you hear me? Give can't me a break. Give me a break, God. I'm just saying. Uh, let's take a break here. I know that we had a, a little bit of a technical uh, issue. I want to make sure that we're all good. Uh, you can join our conversation, um, and you can te- – more by texting. It's going to be hard for me to take phone calls. So if you could text us at 773-763-9278. I know Richie Z was on hold. I don't know if he still is, but I'll – Oh, I don't have, oh, I already have, a, oh, I don't have to take a break. Oh, all right. Because I, oh, because, because we took a commercial because we lost the signal. See how that happens? Oh, that was convenient. Oh, nice. That worked out very well for us. All right, so we are at uh, Tata's Tacos uh, Kitchen and Social. And if you were, if we were to start up a comedy class, I mean, it's not, you know, people who take comedy classes, it's not just for uh, doing comedy, because it can help you with a lot of things. As you mentioned, one of the reasons that you did the uh, comedy sessions with uh, comics is to give people perspective. Yeah. To sort of, and, and comedy classes can be that way as well. Just like,
6: you, know, you, you don't go to a. Why do people go to see comics? Right. You, you could stay home and laugh, you could tickle each other, you, you could watch a show on TV. Why do you come to a because uh, within the uh, in a live audience, when other people are laughing, it makes it easier for you to laugh, yes, and laughter is good, right. And you and I both are of the religion, laughter is good, yes, and uh, we, but we only give people enough laugh laughs that they, can that they can handle. We don't give them
2: any <laughs> no. more than that. We don't want to overwhelm no. them with uh, with too no. much laughter. It, it could be it could uh... break them. <laughs> so you and I started doing comedy. Uh, I, I mean, I started doing comedy in 1995, and my first. A gig with you was in Chesterton, Indiana, at that uh, that restaurant with a buffet, and they had like that little side. How would you rate this room compared to the uh, Chesterton, Indiana?
6: Well, I haven't seen a buffet.
2: <laughs> I'm just, just saying, but it it already smells better. So, isn't that great? Oh, yeah, it's a really beautiful. You know what she told me? So Marcy uh, wants to take care of the comics, and she's like, "I'm going to give them a certain amount of money to spend on food." I'm like, "You, do- I mean, you are already going above and beyond. You don't." It's really sweet. I know. It's, I know. Comics come over. This whole area back here is for the comics. This little oh. <laughs> with the couches and the
6: beautiful see, chairs. Yeah. She mentioned that to me, and I said, "Do you mind if I call it the VIP lounge? It's a VIP lounge. I've never, yeah, I've never sat in a VIP. <laughs> lounge. It
2: is the VIP lounge. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, it's a VIC. Yeah. Very important comedians sitting in the back of the room. That's the, the other thing. That there's so many elements of comedy culture that's hard to explain to people. There are comics that are great at playing to the back of the room. So let folks know what it means to play to the back of the room, because I've never enjoyed that.
6: When comics are watching another comic, there's only two times, correction, three times that we laugh. Number one, comic tells a joke that isn't funny, and the room does not laugh. We will laugh at his failure, because that's funny to us. That's our equivalent of a fat man sliding on a, on a banana peel to the previous generation, because now, of course, we go over and help. Right. We would not no, laugh at No, we'd not laugh. But in previous generations, the fat man banana peel gag was a big-time thing. And we laugh at other comics' failure all the time. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> the second reason we'll, we'll laugh is they tell a decent joke. And the audience doesn't laugh. We'll laugh out of support to try and get the laugh started. As a friend, we do that. The third reason, and this is playing to the back of the room, we tell a joke that is so over the heads of the audience, we know they're not going to laugh. The comics will laugh because we recognize you're you're doing that for us. We respect... The courage it took to tell a joke that you know the audience isn't going to even get, but that we will—it's you know, it, the, the double, triple, reverse dismount that the audience doesn't even understand and appreciate. The real it. Difficulty. Yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day. I used to work with a comic out of uh, Houston, Riley Barber. Did you know him, Riley? I didn't know Riley. He was one of the outlaws back in the day. Oh, sure. And he had a bit. He didn't particularly like to do because it never got laughs. But the bit was Tennessee Williams doing the play-by-play of an NBA, NBA All-Star game. And as an English teacher, comedian, sports fan, it was so in my sweet spot. I laughed hysterically. And the audience would turn. what was that noise coming from the back of the room? This makes no sense to us. I would beg him, just beg him to do that. Oh, and, is that funny? and I think we all have yes. at least a comic or two that has a bit we love and audiences hate.
2: Well, have you ever run into where you have there's a comic that does a bit that you love and they forgot how to do it? Fred Klett would do that all the time. We'd be like, oh, how about that one? And he was like, oh, I forgot about The guy who has a boulder on his arm and he cuts his arm off. This is like from 25 years ago. And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that bit. That cracks me up.
6: I, I used to have to go through that with Paul Kelly yeah. about bits that he had done the night before. So, <laughs> yeah, at my age, my friends, in fact, I was thinking about doing a new piece about that tonight i might still okay that that our the memory of my the collective memory of my friends is so bad filling each other's blanks and has become a oh gosh so the other night i'm watching a christmas carol Uh uh-huh and at the the big scene at the end where scrooge has gone through all of the all of the christmases and it's the morning, and he leans out the window, and he says, "Boy, boy, what day is it?" I'm on the couch going, "It's Wednesday, just for say habit. I
2: love it. He's love an old it. man.
6: I'm an old man. You got to help out. You got to help out.
2: We're going to take a break here. I want to. Ask uh, our listeners who are on hold. I know that Matt and uh, I believe Jim, I don't know if Richie Z is still there. Uh, We worked, I think, through our technical issues, and so I'll take your calls if you don't mind hanging in there. We're broadcasting live from Tata's Kitchen and Social at 5700 West Irving Park Road. Uh, Don't forget they've got their Diva Drag Brunch coming up on December 18th and their fundraiser to collect new or gently used coats on Wednesday, December 21st. More after this on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal.
3: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basket on WCPT-820.
2: All right. Uh, I think we're hopefully in the clear for all of our tech issues. The Facebook Live is up on my Facebook page, on the Patty V Show page. I'm exhausted. Page. Uh, Bill Gorgo is joining me at Tata's Kitchen and Social. Wendy is in the audience. She's uh, having, having, hopefully, a, lo- a lovely meal. Uh, how cool. That was really I saw her chiming in on the uh, Facebook Live. and I'm like, wait a minute. Who's here? Uh, and we also, uh, Bill, uh, now the thing about taking phone calls is then our audience on Facebook Live cannot uh, hear them. So I will try to repeat as much as uh, Matt says so that folks know. No, but yeah. hey, now Matt has texted us and said, "Take my call, or I'll call back tomorrow." Hey, Matt, how so are you? Right. It seemed a little bit, but Matt's not that kind of guy. No. Hey, Matt, what's going on?
7: Hello, no, don't worry. I promise I won't call hello. tomorrow if I call today. Matt wasn't interested yet. <laughs> anyway, hey, Matt. Hello, everyone. Hello, sir. Uh, I love Hi. hearing your stories. I uh, I didn't catch your name. I'm sorry, but I think you're hilarious. And that does mean you know Patty, because Patty only knows hilarious people. Gorgo, um, uh, Bill Gorgo, because yes. uh, oh Bill, oh okay, I will look you up. But uh, I just like to uh, point out that Mr. Donald Trump decided to have yet another dinner full of extremists and racist people.
2: Oh, was this the thing where he's like at the at the with the microphone, just like where's Michael Flynn? What what did he say? I I didn't catch the racist stuff. What did he say?
7: Yeah, no. I'm, I wish I could tell you. I I refuse to watch anything with his voice. Actually, the only part of the Stephanie Miller show I don't like is the fact that she has to play his stuff. Uh,
2: so right. I know,
7: right? It, but uh, why is everybody surprised about this? I I don't know. But uh Right. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to get through Christmas and get to the new year and hopefully it'll be a brand new year with brand new problems that we all have to solve together.
6: Uh but I would like to Patty, see you know, Joe Biden start to have I'd like to see Joe Biden have dinner with the Justice League. <laughs> just to balance it off, you know? Oh that would be In fair. Costume.
7: Yeah. I want somebody to go there just as Superman and somebody to go there just as Captain America and Spider-Man just to, uh, and then we can have a photo of Joe Biden with superheroes. That would be fantastic. God, uh, oh, Henry Cavill. There you go. Then again, I am. There you, oh, Cavill, yeah. This I love that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, uh. Before, Lost in before fantasy. I let you go. Yeah, some fantasy. Hey, uh, Patty, I wanted to ask, um. When do you have shows? Because I'd love to see you perform.
2: When do I have shows? Well, I'll be here tonight. And I can't. Tonight I'm at Tata's. And then I'm 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 going to be. We don't have the. I know. I'm sorry. Would, how do you feel about driving to Kenosha for New Year's Eve? I'll be at the Kenosha Comedy Club at that. What hotel is that at? The Wyndham. The Wyndham Hotel in Kenosha on the 30th and the 31st. So I'll have a show each night. And it's not that You can even take the Metro all the way there, actually. It's, it's a 40-minute drive. It's a 40-minute drive. So that's for New Year's. And they have a hotel. You can get a room. You can spend the night. It's a lovely city. Yes, go ahead.
7: No, I was going to say, uh, are you, what time do you start the show?
2: The shows are usually at eight o'clock I believe. Yeah,
6: yeah 8 New Year's o'clock. Eve, I don't
2: know. Oh yeah, New Year's Eve will probably be
6: But How? you can check their website.
7: I'm sure it'll well, be up. Yeah, i just go eight o'clock on December thirtieth. Looks like I am yeah. going to Kenosha.
2: Yay, come to Kenosha. Okay. Okay. I probably should be promoting Uber that show. Driver. I
7: driver, uh, I have to uh make money on New Year's. But um Yeah. Yeah. No, uh so thank you. I'm glad you got a free plug for your show. On your
2: show. Thank you very much. Appreciate that.
7: And uh, it's been fun talking to you and Patty. More than anything, I just figured it out the best way to defeat Donald Trump is ah! stop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Have Thanks, a great. Matt. Have a great evening. Thank you so much. Uh, did we lose? Uh, I believe we lost uh, Richie Z. How, uh, who are you working with? Yes. Who are you working with on New Year's Eve? I have no idea. He's good. <laughs> Reach out to Frank and see if uh, if he's booked it yet. Do you want to come hang out with me? I'm for doing New Year's
6: Eve? Eve in Fort Washington.
2: Are you doing memories
6: with uh, oh. Roger Radley?
2: Okay. Katie Miners and Jimmy McHugh. That's excellent. And, and chicken and lots of chicken. Oh my God! I was just there last weekend. Did you bring me chicken? No, I, you didn't. I brought uh, I brought Jerry Walski chicken. He, I mean. <laughs> Sorry about that. It is such a beautiful venue in Port Washington. Uh, I highly recommend it. Uh let's get to uh Jim in uh is Jim on a hold from Chicago. Hey Jim, what's on your mind, my friend?
3: It's Jim from Chicago. Is that gentleman with you an English teacher, you say? I was I was. Yeah, my favorite group of poets were world uh post World War One poets. and Gerald Man Gerald Manley Hopkins comes to mind uh with that. Famous story uh, on, the, on the battlefield of Flanders when the German uh, commander—it was Christmas Eve—and he said, "What the heck with this?" He put a white flag on his gun and he went into No Man's Land. Well, everybody was caught. Their guns—they're going to shoot him. But the English guy on the other side said, oh, "Well, I'll go out and par- parley with him." Well, he's, he's humming Silent Night. So they get together and they said, you know, this is crazy. Let's suspend this. <laughs> so anyway, they, all the soldiers came out of their uh, positions, shared their booze, shared their candy. They had a little soccer game. And uh, Gerald and Hopkins wrote about it later on. But it shows you that uh, if somebody takes the volition to be kind, uh, what can happen uh, because of it? Yeah, you know, brutal. Not so much all,
6: today.
3: All we can't get uh, that you know, in Congress. That, no, no, you can't get it anywhere. But but still, it still exists. But Pierre, yeah, I was going to tell you my favorite story, my Christmas Eve story. Anyway, I went with a girl, and her father was a plasterer, and it was brutal work. So he, he kept asking, "Does Jim want to go to work?" Did you my to She said, "No, no, he doesn't want." Well, finally, it was around Christmas, and I needed money for Christmas, so I worked like a dog for him for I don't know how long. It was a week. It seemed like ten years. I got the dough, blew it at the track, and I've got five bucks left. I mean it's the night before Christmas Eve and I'm like, Oh my god, this is gonna be terrible. Have a beer and into the door comes three well dressed gentlemen, a black guy, two white guys, I mean, dressed for the night, they've got cashmere overcoats and everything. They put four balls on the table, they go, Well bet you ten dollars you can't make uh these balls and three shots we'll bet you ten dollars I didn't even have the ten dollars I mean I got nothing to lose right anyway make a long story short I cleaned them out and uh I had a great Christmas but it was like the three wagons coming through the door
0: anyway (laughs) I just (laughs) just
3: wanted to tell you that story and you guys have a great night at that place tonight thank you
2: thank you so much I'm actually going to let Bill go maybe go get some food I'm going to bring Marcy over uh to uh, interview her as well. So long. See um, you later. And so you're going to be at Port Washington. You and I can compete for uh, New Year's Eve audiences. You'll be mm-hmm. at Port Washington uh, Memories, uh, where they have an incredible buffet. The audience was unbelievable, Bill. It was oh, so good.
6: Those are my peeps. They're so good. They're, they tend a little older, which yeah. is fine with me. And they're sort of that that the good Wisconsin yeah, not the not fair. the Wisconsin you read about in the papers. Sure, sure, sure. The people who are happy if you offer them three bean salad, and I love those people.
2: And uh, I'll, so we're, we're in Wisconsin for New Year's. How funny is that? Apparently, what happened to Chicago? Yeah.
6: Sometimes it's nice to night. get away. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Bill. We'll take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk to uh, the owner of Tata's Tacos. Marcy is going to join us in just a moment. And uh, maybe I'll bring Bill back when she's got to get back to work. Anthony Fuentes is here tonight. Lily Mason and uh, Janice Rodriguez are joining us for very our show. Exciting. It's very, very exciting. It's very exciting. Thank you, Bill. Let's take a break here. You're listening to Driving at Home with me, Patty Vasquez, on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. I don't know what's happening. We'll have to figure it out later yeah. um, as to why we keep losing the connection. I don't see anything on my end, but we'll figure it out in post. Uh, we are live with uh, with our friend Marcy Romero, who is the owner of Tata's Kitchen and Social, as well as the Tata's Tacos, one in Lincoln Park and one over here on Irving Park Road, right by
8: uh, Six Corners about, right? No, not Six Corners, the Kennedy. Is it closer to the Kennedy? So the six corners is like, yeah, it's it's by Cicero and Irving Park Road. Excellent. And then this one's closer to Central and Irving Park Road.
2: I wonder where we. I keep losing the signal. It's not you. It's us. uh, I'm guessing. But anyway, we're we are live at Tatas. We're expecting a sold out crowd. But where did you grow up, Marcy?
8: So um, I've kind of moved around a lot, but I did um, grow up in Pilsen. Oh, you did. And yeah, I did grow up in Pilsen, but I did live in. I've been all my adult life. I've been in Chicago. But and I've been in the north side since, um, so North Sider since uh, I was 18. Where did you go to high school? A couple years ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> remember when? Where did you go to high school? So I went to high school one year to Clemente, mm-hmm. and then I had I got transferred out to a private school. So oh, okay. Yeah. Did you to go to Catholic school? I went to a a, yeah, Christian a school. Okay. Yeah. yeah, a church school. Oh, really? Yeah, my family. <laughs>
2: yeah, religious. Yeah,
8: religious. So. Bring. But yeah, I did go to Cooper okay. in Pilson, so I did go there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Chicago
2: girl through and through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, absolutely. I love that you brought this incredible uh, destination to uh, Portage Park, uh, as well, well as uh, uh, Old Irving, is where the other one, and in, in Lincoln Park. Yes. And you have plans to expand, which I'm yes. sure we'll learn as yes. we go. Yeah. Yes. So, want, yeah.
8: Yeah. I mean, we really we're gonna. We're still. We have plans to go to the South Loop, Uh seven twenty South Wells, and that's something we're actively working on right now. Yay! I'm
2: glad to be part of the adventure.
8: Yeah. Yeah. And just bringing back this whole concept of bringing community together, having fun, having tacos, and just enjoying. Yeah. Enjoying all the activities, so.
2: enjoying the entire. And will you enjoy the ride? That's that's the sense I get from yes. it. It's a lot of hard work. It takes up a no, lot of absolutely. your time. Absolutely. But I mean, when you walk into a place like this, it's just like, it's just magical. And the holiday season mm-hmm. too. Yes. Are you getting folks out that are like because I know during the trolley,
8: did more people come at the end of the the trolley run? Yes. Excellent. Yeah. And a lot of the neighborhood people made this their last stop because See? now they can walk home. I know you're right. Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: That's what I want to do. I want to go up and yeah. down the blocks because yeah. this is right up by. If you know where the Dairy Queen is in Irving. Park Road by Porridge Park and the right by the McDonald's. It's at 5700. Yeah, it's right next door. 5700 West Irving Park Road, right by Austin. Yes. Austin is it Austin. No, it's that's uh, Central, Central Central. I always get those mixed up. Yeah,
8: well, and then um, just one more thing. Yes. before I forget, is we are coming out. This has been something I've been wanting to do for a few years. Is we do have our taco pizzas. Yes, and basically, they're 12 inch tacos. Yeah, so um, so good. Come on out, yep. check them out. I had the barbecue chicken. It was amazing. Yes, yes, thank yes, you. Thank you thank so, so much. Enjoyed. Well, thank
2: you for having us, Marcy. And we'll, thank and you. And we'll, uh, we'll broadcast from here again if you let us. Love it. We'd of love course. to. I'll figure out the equipment. Any time. Uh, we here. here. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Let's take a break here, and uh, we'll just catch up on traffic. And coming up in just a little bit, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to see John Oliver. Uh, we'll we'll do that when we come back after traffic. Uh, thank you everyone for uh, hanging in there with the tech issues. Oh yeah, the microphone. <laughs> there we go. Uh, we'll take a break here, and uh, Andy will catch you up on traffic, and we'll be right back on WCPT eight twenty heartland signal
0: wcpt 820
3: chicago's progressive talk where facts matter
4: Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist logger. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back.
2: Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and famous liquors in Lombard as well as in Chicago at AS Wine and Spirits Back of the Arts and Granite Western Liquors Ukrainian village. Please drink responsibly. <laughs> Hello, hello. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us on Driving at Home. We are live at Tata's Kitchen and Social at 5700 West Irving Park Road. The show is starting at 8, and I believe they are sold out. So I'm sorry, but we're going to have more shows coming up in 2023. Tonight we are benefiting the uh, wonderful organization Kids Above All. Bill Gorgo rejoins me, and uh, uh, we've been looking at the menu. I can share a taco pizza with you if you'd like. Chair? Chair. <laughs> I know. It is really good stuff here, my friend. I'm telling you. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier. You know, when I started doing stand-up comedy, um, I wanted to be a political comic. Uh, I was, but I was 23 years old, and I, you know, I thought I was smart, like any young comic who gets up on stage and thinks they know everything.
6: We call that the George influence.
2: Yeah. The Carlin was the
6: master of
2: dipping into
6: politics and then pulling back. Yeah. Tipping in, pulling back. So he never got the reputation of being a purely political comic. And I think that was the appeal. If we could toss in some political stuff now and then. Right. But it's exhausting. It is. Because the news changes on a regular basis.
2: Well, it's like Will Durst. Uh, Will Durst said that uh, you know he doesn't write; he just opens the door and the papers. Is, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, he writes.
6: <laughs> I know he does. His butt off. Yeah. Last time I worked with with uh, with Will was about, probably five years ago. He's had some health issues since, but uh, I can remember being on stage and looking at the back of the room, and there was Will in a little tiny lit area. With six notepads, yeah, write, writing. Now he's been doing comedy about ten years longer than I have. I know he's got hours and hours of material, but political material, if it's not today's,
2: right, it's old hat. Yeah, that and that's the thing, and that's that's the work. Well, it's work. It's also the the arena of uh, that's the great the great thing about uh, the late night shows. Uh, and Johnny Carson would tease everybody and do some pretty solid mati- uh, political material. I think Stephen Colbert does a great job. Uh, Kimmel. Uh, I don't know if you saw either one of them with my uh, my boss's ad, uh, controller Susanna Mendoza's ad. Oh, I'll just show you the video. She had a commercial called. Uh, oh yeah, I, I saw the commercial. Growth spurt. And you mentioned that. Oh yeah, they had they had her in her monologue.
6: It went national.
2: Yeah, Dick with Dick Bigger. So by the way, that's his name. I'm not being vulgar. Nobody called the FCC, but that was the name of one of the people who was uh, raving about the work that controller Mendoza was doing, is doing, and uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Stephen Colbert both featured her on their uh, in their their monologues, and I haven't really seen that many comics try to do political humor. Younger comics,
6: it's, it becomes increasingly difficult when when your audience isn't just a spectrum; it's two parties. Right. You don't want a tug of war to break out. Or right. Shootings. I mean. Right. You think that comics have been attacked on stage? I don't think that used to be the case, and I don't think it's because the the comedy has changed or the approach to political comedy has changed. I think it's that people can't handle hearing the other side make fun of them. Right. There didn't used to be quite as much uh, the
2: other side. Right. Well, I made a joke. uh, You know, not have the story about how they use goats to sit on the fires in California. Right. And I stopped. I was actually in Kenosha. And I stopped and I go. Or remember when Trump told us we just needed to rake the bottom of the forest to prevent the fires? Right. That's all I said. People walked out. I'm sure. Oh no! This guy at the end of the show is like, I didn't hear you make fun of. If you're going to make a, a Trump joke, you better make a Biden joke. And because well, I had done it off the cuff, now,
6: these are the people who never complain that the equal uh, uh, fairness doctrine no longer applies to the news, right, or to national television, but it applies to comedians. Yes.
2: What world? Right. What well, world? Well, because, and here's the thing, it's our, it's through our lens, right? So a president telling people that I'm not going to help you, because remember, he was withholding aid to California when they burst into flames, and he said, you should have been out there with rakes. So I just made a reference to it, and this guy came up to me, he's like, well, you need to make fun of Biden. I'm like, well, what would you, what would you like me to make fun of? And he goes like this, he goes, oh, uh, uh, I'm like, so you're talking about his stutter, his disability, he, what? And like, I, yeah, I kind of went off on this guy. But. But it is harder to do political humor.
6: It's harder to give the appearance of fair and balanced because these days fair and balanced means
2: you'll get hated by both sides. Right. Exactly. Everyone's going to hate you. By the way, this works out very well because I have, uh, we're talking about political comics, which John Oliver is. Let me pull up the uh, promo for this because we have a pair of John Oliver tickets to give away. Uh, Let me make sure I have the right read for this because uh, John Oliver is going to be performing in Chicago in just a few weeks. And we do have a pair of tickets to give away, but I want to read the entire uh, write-up for this. Uh, John Oliver, uh, let's see is going to be at the Chicago Theater, December 29th through fifth. First, And I have a pair of tickets to give away. Uh, we are, uh, let's see, what color number would you like to take? I think color number three is probably the best one. Color number, th- You like that number, caller number three? Andy, we're going to take color number three with, for a pair of John Oliver uh, tickets. And what are we going to make them do? Uh, we're not going to make them do anything. We're just going to make them, I know. we you know, put them on the air and make them do something. Do you, tri- you have a trivia question? How about a funny political joke? Oh, (laughs) God. But we have uh, the FCC if there's any swearing involved. It's not that easy to. uh, to, Yeah. Um, Here, we did uh, the other day. You know what a Dutch Reach is? You know what the Dutch Reach? 773 763. Hey, Andy, caller number three has to tell us what the Dutch Reach is. So uh, if they're listening to the show, they should know what the Dutch Reach is. For your chance to win a pair of tickets to the John Oliver Show, let me make sure I have the uh, the correct read for this, too, because somebody sent me the, here it is, last-minute giveaway. Woohoo! The, Dutch um, reach. the We are giving away a pair of tickets to see John Oliver at the Chicago Theater. Take your pick, any of the shows, uh, either on December 29th, 30th, or 31st, or if you want to purchase your own tickets, you can go to the Chicago Theater box office or through Ticketmaster. Just search John Oliver. And uh, just want to let you know that uh, again, you have your choice. So seven seven three seven six three nine two C. Bill, you wouldn't even win these tickets because you don't know what a Dutch reach is.
6: I'm going to guess it's it's Tim Walco picking up the
7: check. <laughs> That's
2: a Dutch reach. All right. So uh, so Andy, just let me know if we have a winner. Uh, and I, uh, I, I, we also, we, we lose the signal this late. I probably should have done this tomorrow when uh, people can hear me between 5 and 6 a little bit better. But if you can't hear us very well, switch to your phones and listen to us at WCPT820.com. Again, that's WCPT820.com. It is weird to be doing two shows. There is a delay on the Facebook page. So I kind of feel bad for those folks who might want to win a pair of tickets to the John Oliver show, but they're not listening on the on the radio. So, and that's the other thing too, is that the folks that are, are listening on their digital devices, they're also on delay. So I'm giving folks. So we can swear
6: on Facebook.
2: Yes, but let's not take any chances. Yeah. I believe I did. I deleted that video, by the way. <laughs> how about
6: how about they have to tell us their favorite political comic?
2: There you go. We'll take either one. Either one will help you win. Uh, seven seven three seven. Six. Are you going to message Tim Walco and ask him uh, what the Dutch reaches? <laughs> I dare not. Let me make sure we're still connected, because uh, Andy, let me know if folks are calling in seven seven three seven six three three W C P T. wcpt And I probably, well, we're not able to do it by the text screen, but uh, this is for a pair of tickets to see John Oliver at the Chicago Theater, December 29th. Is it? Did I say through the thirty? Is he performing on New Year's Eve? Uh, see, and I can only take Griffin to one to one of those shows. So, Andy, do we have any? Uh, do we have any winners yet? To, or did I make it too hard for folks with the Dutch reach? Oh, I didn't see the Katie called. Let's put Katie on the line. And uh, if she doesn't... Oh, Katie, the call screener. I'm sorry. I was confused. <laughs> Katie. Okay. Excellent. Kevin. All right. Kevin. All right. Congratulations, Kevin. We're excited for you. Uh, did Kevin know the answer to either one of those or was he calling? Well, we, we don't we don't want to put... Oh, excellent. Kevin, congratulations. So for which one do you want to answer? What's the Dutch reach? Kevin. Hey, Kevin. No? That's okay. All right. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Kevin, are you there? Yes, Kevin. I am. Kevin. Hey, Kevin, do you know, which which one do you want to do? Uh, what, what the Dutch Reach is or who your favorite political comedian is or both?
0: Well, I happen to know what a Dutch Reach is because I'm a bicyclist.
2: Excellent. So explain to Bill who does is. not know what the Dutch Reach is. Okay, go ahead. Well, Bill... Oh, are well, you going to tell car. us?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's say you're in your oh,
6: car, you yeah. car park
0: on the street, and you are about to exit your ah. car from the driver's side. Uh, to avoid throwing open the door and possibly encountering an oncoming bicyclist, you use your right hand, which forces you to kind of look over your left shoulder at what might be approaching from behind. I don't know why they call this the Dutch Reach. Perhaps because Dutch people invented it. But it's something they with, do a
2: lot of cycling. Yes. I was thinking
6: of the Amsterdam yeah. Reach, which is a completely
2: different thing. <laughs> and then, uh, just for bonus, you don't want anything extra. But who's your favorite political comedian?
0: Oh, you know, uh, I like John Oliver actually. Um,
2: Excellent. The well,
0: then. And uh, yeah.
2: Well, that's that's, that's that you, works out very well then. Yes, congratulations. You have a plus
0: one by any chance?
2: Yes, Bill wants to go with you. <laughs> we'll find a way to get Bill there. Well, congr- congratu- right. congratulations, Kevin. Tell John Oliver we said hi. Okay. Enjoy, enjoy.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Bill and I can have a private conversation so- about what exactly an Amsterdam reach is because I have no idea. <laughs>
2: He's he's being silly. Have a great night, and congratulations on your tickets. Uh, Congratulations to Kevin, who has won two tickets to see John Oliver at Chicago Theater. And, by the way, you'll have your choice of performance dates as long as they're not sold out prior to the show. So we'll contact you closer to the show and uh, on how to claim your tickets. So uh, we will take care of you, and uh, we'll get your information. Have a wonderful evening, and uh, we hope to see you at one of the Tatas shows, too. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Uh Oh, we're singing. That's where things start to go off the rails. Let's take a break here. We'll wrap up and uh, head into the end of the show. Again, we're broadcasting live from Tata's Kitchen and Social on Irving Park Road. To benefit Kids Above All, helping kids reach their potential, we want to thank our sponsors, Kids Above All, Manaqua Brewing, and our friend Warren Price from European and U.S. Car Service. I got a guy, Bill. More after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. I didn't even, uh, it's what so funny, it didn't even show that I was off. It should, that was still connected. It was so that, that was bad. really weird. All right, we're back. We're here. Poor Andy. Andy you got to keep jumping in. We lost Patty again. This is like the first time we've uh, lost. What was that, sweetie? I'm on the radio right now. I'm on a live show. <laughs> Dear, come here, Bill. Let me let me put this gentleman on the on the on the air. Do you... <laughs> I I'm on the air right now, darling. I I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. He's been trying to talk to me for two hours, Bill, and I'm like, I can't, I'm on the air. It's it's like, I host, I host my own show. <laughs> it's so that? weird. He, here, he wants us to check the microphone. Can you explain to him I do a radio show? Can you explain to him I do a radio show that I'm live? And he keeps trying to talk to me.
6: We've got an hour and ten minutes to ch- yeah. check the microphone.
2: <laughs> I feel like he, he talks to me like I'm being rude to him and I'm not trying to be rude this 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 apparatus I know we're wearing like big headphones with microphones and, uh, we're and not some trying to
6: drive a car or no. take off in an airplane Sometimes
2: we're on the air like it's, if I stop talking to the audience and I'm just having a conversation about a mic check it gets a little... These are the things that, uh, yeah, that keep me awake at night. Okay. so We're, we're back. We're, we're back. Apparently, we were disconnected and we're unconnected again. Um, so, oh, by the way, can I tell you, I've never, ever seen the holiday CTA train in Chicago. Have you ever seen the holiday train? No. No. I, 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 I don't believe it exists. What yes. Is it? It's a
6: train that's... Uh, is like, that the one that takes you to the North Pole? Here,
2: look. The, oh. No, there's, there's a train that is decorated it's all decked out they have and they have Santa like have a flatbed part of the train where Santa's out like on his sleigh and it's a lie it's i know right it's an absolute Dude, lie you've never heard about the CTA Santa the Christmas train hold on a second I, now i feel like i have to show you video of the Christmas train chicago um, but this is a thing, Christmas train, uh, folks. They'll always post uh, photos of sightings. You still
6: believe in the Christmas train?
2: <laughs> are you playing with my head? Christmas I believe train. in
6: Santa more than I believe in the Christmas train.
2: Here, let's see where the images are. So there's, so you can catch the uh, Santa train, and you might, yeah, it's all decked out. Look at that. That's a, that's not, that's on a toy train. That's, that's a, re- a
6: picture of Marshall Field's front window. No,
2: this is, this is the Christmas train in Chicago. Look at this. Yeah, Santa, like out on the, he's got, this is a whole flatbed train. He's got the Christmas tree. The whole thing is, dead. and I've seen Christmas buses too. It's like a mirage. I know. It's very strange. So people get very excited when they, this is a real shot of Chicago with the Christmas train. You've never heard of this? With the Breeze. No. Now, did you, when you were a kid, did you go down to Marshall Fields oh, and see the windows absolutely. for Christmas? That was the best. how else did you
6: know you were poor? <laughs>
2: That hurt. That that cut to I mean, my core of what it was I was experiencing. My parents
6: reminded us on a daily basis that there was a roof over our head and clothes on our back. Right. And we should be grateful. And then at Christmas time, they go, look, but this is how some kids live.
2: Right. Well, what? Why would you show me this? This is kind of heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. You
6: say Christmas train, that's, I think, of Marshall Fields window. I don't yeah. I don't think of the CTA
2: so this is yeah they have a whole they've got they and they do it differently every single year but these are the seats and I wonder if any other city does this
6: please tell me that Santa is armed
2: <laughs> Santa is armed no, well here it's beautiful look at that got candy cane poles you know got all kinds of lighting they, they take the paneling out and make it all it looks like a party bus.
6: It, it, it appears from the
2: pictures that they've even removed all the gum. Yeah, I think it's got to be the cleanest train on the line, right? For a week. For, <laughs> for a week. So and then they change which line so it's on. so much
6: nicer than the New Year's train, <laughs> which you, you don't want any part of.
2: Which we... Oh, are we out again? Oh, no. We are definitely down again. Oh. oh okay. Oh, I thought you... I, I'm getting... <laughs> <This is> very... <laughs> I feel I, like
6: the labor pains are
2: coming closer together. I know, and I have live broadcasts remotely again next week, so we'll have to figure out what happened. If it was, uh, if, what? Because I'm not that far from the windows. Uh, I've got everything connected. Uh, we seem, yeah, all right. We're, we're still talking. People can hear us. Now I can't hear you. That's very strange. So it's a strange. That's, you have to see a doctor about that. <laughs> no, there's nothing <laughs> coming through my headset. What? You can't hear me anymore. No. Really? Really? That is really... Okay, I don't know what's happening with the equipment. I'm sure it's Fortunately, something... Fortunately, you use your hands a lot. And yes, I could pick up that's the true. General. How do you feel about uh, Warnock beating Herschel Walker on uh, on Tuesday? You
6: know, as excited as I was, because you know the lead kept going back and forth. It was like watching a Bulls game. But the next morning, all I could think of was 49% of an entire state thought, no, we can't have... Uh, a minister in the in the Senate. We need a idiot. <laughs> how, how there's the only justification possible was we want to gain control of the Senate. Except they wouldn't have right unless they're thinking. Well, the next election we're one closer right, but, but still he. When your son, who's a conservative, mm-hmm. says he doesn't know what he's talking about. When your town said we wouldn't elect him mayor. When he says he would he wants to be a werewolf yeah. from Texas. What? Yeah. It, it, it was very depressing. And all I could think of was, and I posted it on Facebook, that that uh, you know, the, we've got to judge people not by the color of their skin but by the content of their character Martin Luther King and here's an opportunity where the color of their skin was immaterial all we can judge them on
2: is the content of their character and they still got it so wrong it was so close that how I can't believe how close that race was oh, it was, it was a, depressing it was very very depressing alright I didn't mean to bring you down he won. Uh, Warnock won. I have He'll be to there. Have tacos. He'll be there for. I have to have tacos. <laughs> he's won four times in two years because he had to ever runoff, both had to have a special election. Well, both and now times. the buzz is
6: Warnock for president. <laughs>
2: and I'm like, let's let's,
6: yeah, let's do let's some work. Lower our role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a deep breath. Yeah, it's going to be. If, what if the? What if he's up against Herschel? <laughs> God.
2: Yeah, who knows what they're capable of running that kind of nonsense. Well, we uh, we thank you so much for hanging out with us. My apologies for all the technical issues. Bill Gorgo and I are performing in just an hour at Tata's Kitchen and Social to benefit kids above all, and uh, we'll hopefully uh, starting next year there will be more shows like this on a more regular basis. And uh, can we come out, have a great meal, uh, hang out in my neighborhood? And, uh, are and, uh, you accepting and... restaurant nominations? <laughs> <laughs> a... Yeah, right. Have a great evening, Bill. Uh, uh, look forward to working with you in just a few moments. Good night, everybody.
4: Happy holidays.
2: Mike Cruz. up next with the Devil's Advocate. Thank you, Andy and Matt and everybody at WCPT. Good night.